Hi, I'm Mike Davey, Senior Editor at Delicious Brains. In this episode of the Delicious Brainwaves podcast, we look at WordPress blocks, the history of the Gutenberg project, and how it led to full site editing, now called the Site Editor. Gutenberg was first released as part of WordPress 5.0 in December 2018. Today, the focus is on styling and editing blocks, and using blocks for all parts of a site, not just the content area. This includes block patterns, block templates and template parts, and the theme.json configuration file. WordPress 6.1 was released in November 2022, and included new advanced features and many improvements to template creation and block settings. The official roadmap for the Gutenberg project lists four phases. The first focused on providing an easier editing experience. Phase two, which has just about been completed, focused on customization. Phase three will concentrate on building better collaboration tools, while phase four aims to turn the site editor experience multilingual. Our guest for this special block-based episode is Nick Diego, a senior developer advocate at WP Engine, a WordPress core contributor, and block developer. A self-confessed block evangelist, Nick has produced a number of articles and videos that can help WordPress professionals really get to grips with the site editor and WordPress blocks. Some of his articles include an introduction to block templates and exploring block layout, alignment, and dimensions, and videos on WordPress TV like exploring the power of block variations and designing advanced layouts with core blocks. We'll make sure to include links to all of those and more in the show notes. Hi, Nick. Welcome to Delicious Brainwaves. Thanks so much for having me. I don't think I'm going to shock anyone if I say there's been a lot of resistance to what's now called the site editor from the very beginning of the launch of the Gutenberg project. In your view, what were the main objections to switching to the block editor back then? Do those objections still apply? Yeah, this is a great question. You know, blocks were introduced quite some time ago, and the blocks that we saw back then versus what we see now is kind of night and day. So I don't begrudge any developer who's, you know, trying to serve clients, trying to build sites for customers and being presented with block, this block-based approach and the struggle to transition. We didn't have native block supports for things like dimensions, padding and margin, colors, typography, all that kind of stuff, which we have now. And honestly, it's just in this year that we started to get those things. Now that we're at 6.1, a lot of the things that people wanted from the very beginning are now in WordPress and they haven't been for many years. So it's been a long road. Uh, and I know that a lot of people have, you know, turned their mind off of blocks and focused on their business. But I think we're finally getting to a point now where it might make more sense to take another look at block, a block-based approach and to see how you might want to integrate this into your own processes for your business. One of the more common objections I've heard from developers who tried it when it launched was it really interferes with their workflow. But I think by this point in its development, there doesn't seem to be any question to me that it's easier to precisely style the look of your site with the site editor. I think this is especially true if you're coming at it as a new person. But even for someone with advanced WordPress knowledge, it seems to me that the capabilities in the site editor are now where they need it to be. Why do you think web developers should embrace the site editor? Ooh, that's a challenging question. So one of the biggest struggles that I see when you try to present somebody with a site editor and try to convince them why they should use it is if you have a developer or a web developer who's been in WordPress for a really long time, they're familiar with you know, building out templates with PHP and styling those with CSS, that skill set doesn't translate very well to a block-based architecture. Because in a block-based architecture, you're dealing with blocks, you're dealing with a lot of JavaScript, you're dealing with styles that are styled through 
the theme.json file uh, as opposed to raw CSS. So it's a bit of a, it's not necessarily challenging to learn, it's just different, it's very different. And so when we go back to that processes question, you know, these businesses have their processes in place for building sites. It doesn't translate very well to a block-based world. But your point, today, one of the biggest gripes was not only was the process hard, but also you couldn't do as much as you wanted to do within the site editor. We're getting to a point where, yes, it's still different, but the site editor has those tools that a web developer or designer would want to have natively in that experience. And not only that, and I think this is the big reason why we have the site editor, why we have blocks, is that it enables less technical folks, whether that's you know the client themselves, whether it's the developer themselves or their team, to design within the editor as opposed to in code. There's some pluses and minuses to that, but the argument is, is that a more of a interface-driven, no-code approach really speeds up design, and it also benefits the user because they can make changes to their site as they need to. And we'll get into some of the downsides of that control, lack of control, uh, further in this discussion, I'm sure. But that's kind of the premise of why the site editor was developed and why we have all these blocks. Let's get into it now. What are those disadvantages? One of the things that we hear a lot from agencies or anybody who builds sites for clients is that the client generally is hiring an agency to rely on their technical expertise when, for building a website. That client not isn't always that technically skilled with manipulating page layouts and styling and whatnot. They're hiring the agency to do that. One of the things about a site editor or blocks in general is it provides the user with a lot of control. They can make their text pink. They can change heading sizes. They can change the layout of the page. So the last year has been about getting the functionality in WordPress so you can actually make those changes. Now, as we look forward, we need to think about what controls do we need to put in place such that it's more usable for an agency client relationship? How can we limit things based on user permissions? How can we lock certain things down so they can't be inadvertently messed up? That type of control, that type of permission structure is kind of the next phase. We need to have that inside of the site editor and the block editor, I think, to be serve broader adoption, especially in the agency world. Now, in September of 2022, you gave your first WordCamp presentation at WordCamp US entitled, Let's Build a Custom Block in 15 Minutes. And you demonstrated how to quickly build custom blocks. I can definitely recommend to our listeners, check it out if you haven't already. It's a great presentation and we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. But one of the things I found most interesting was that you actually chose to build the presentation itself in the site editor. What was the thought process behind that decision? Well, it was definitely a gimmick for sure. <laughs> um, but the idea was, you know, honestly, I was trying to build, the, I was going to write my presentation in Google Slides or PowerPoint or whatever. And as I'm building this thing, I'm getting frustrated because I work in the site editor and the block editor all day long. And I try to do something in Google Slides that I could normally do in the site editor. And I'm like, why can't I do this? And so I'm like, what if I just build this in WordPress? And so that's where it kind of came from. But it was a bit of a gimmick to showcase how flexible the editor has become to do something that maybe people didn't expect that it could do. And it used completely core blocks, didn't use any custom, really anything. Uh, and it was really a demonstration piece. And the presentation itself was also a demonstration piece. One of the additional hardships that I think developers face in this new world is 
building blocks. Blocks require a lot of JavaScript, a lot of skill set that maybe folks didn't traditionally have, and they're hard to build. So the kind of the gimmick of the presentation was it's gotten a lot easier. There are tools in place now that make building blocks easier. We can do it in 15 minutes. And so <laughs> it's not the most usable block, but it is a block in 15 minutes. You mentioned that it's easier to create blocks now. Is that because less JavaScript is required these days? Or is it because more people have learned at least some JavaScript by this point and they're less reliant on PHP? So one of the things that I think, you know, coming from a PHP background, you know, my background is, you know, I first started building with the WordPress with PHP, HTML, CSS. I did not have a strong uh, JavaScript background. The thing that really held me up when building custom blocks is that build processes that you need with JavaScript, you know, Webpack and all the really kind of technical developer stuff that I just didn't have a background in. And I would bet a lot of WordPress developers don't have a background in. So setting up those processes just to get your blocks started was very challenging. Now we have tools in place that will scaffold an entire block for you, do all that work for you. You still need to know JavaScript. You still need to be working with React and whatnot. But it, some of the challenging parts have now been removed due to the, some of the scaffolding tools that we have, like the Create Block Project. Is it going to do everything for you? No. If you're a master at React, you're probably like, I'll do my own thing. But for users who want to get started building blocks, it takes a huge chunk of the complexity away. So you can focus on, which already is kind of complicated, learning React and learning the component system. You did mention Create Blocks. Are there any other specific tools that you could recommend? I think, honestly, the Create Block Package, I personally, that's my go-to. You're building a vanilla block. There are other great tools out there in the world. You know, there's ACF Blocks. There's other platforms out there that help you scaffold blocks quickly. A lot of great platforms. The Create Block is like, if you just want to learn React, you want to build basically a vanilla block from scratch. That's kind of my go-to. And it's supported by the core team. It's continually getting updated with new features and new functionality. If you're learning, I really think that that's the best way to go. If you have the time to learn and learn how to, you know, build a block from start to finish, that's kind of my go-to. Plus there's tons of like great tutorials, like that didn't exist before, right? You know, everybody and their brother is now writing tutorials about how to build a block and block variations and all this kind of stuff. So there's great resources out in the community that again, just didn't exist two years ago. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I've seen a lot of, as you say, tutorials on the subject just come through in the last year. Yeah, 2022 has been kind of like, <laughs> blocks have finally gotten their stride in 2022. One of the objections I do hear from some developers is that the site editor is essentially, in their view, a page builder, but it doesn't necessarily compete with other full-featured page builders that they're already using, like Elementor. What does the site editor need to be able to compete with those other page builders? So this might be a controversial statement, but I fundamentally believe that people should be using what they want to use. If a business is built off their entire business off Elementor or Divi or Beaver Builder, and they're happy with that setup, great. You know, don't succumb to pressure thinking that you need to switch over to the site editor. I personally think that the site editor is WordPress core. As we all know, WordPress core will only do so much. That's why we have plugins and extensions and all that kind of stuff in our, that's what makes this such a great ecosystem. People can build extensions for specific niches. One of the things that we don't have now, especially in the site editor, and it's actually my big thing that I want in 2023, we don't have like the hooks and the filters to make the site editor fully extensible. Now, there's a good reason for that because there was so much to do just to get the site editor where it is, that wasn't a priority. But now that it's kind of more solidified, as we move into 2023, I really wanna see how can we make the, the site editor open it up, 
allow extenders and plugins to add some functionality that might be too niche for core, but still have a very broad audience, but bring that functionality through plugins, uh, much like we've seen the classic editor and, you know, in the big plugin ecosystem that we currently have in WordPress. Now we're officially in phase three of the Gutenberg project. According to the roadmap, this phase focuses on collaboration, specifically on a more intuitive way to co-author content. What sort of improvements do you think we'll see along those lines in phase three? Yeah, so phase three is one of those things in 2023 that is going to get a lot of attention. Um, because we really, you know, we haven't even stepped into, you know, really started phase three, it's going to be really interesting to see how this develops. Now, I know that some folks at Automatic have been exploring already how you can do, you know, multi-author, you know, people editing content in a live environment, much like you would do in Google Docs or something like that. You know, it's 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 kind of an interesting frontier that I personally haven't explored very much. And the way I in, interact with WordPress, I you know, I, I, I'm, it's not one of the phases that I'm the most excited about just because it doesn't impact me very much. But I can see how, especially in a very content-oriented environment, you know, say a website that's publishing blog posts and content, how you could have the author and then, you know, at the same time they're writing that post, their editor can come in there and add comments and make changes. That type of environment, I think, is really going to, it, it's something that WordPress needs. It's, there's a broad swath of our community that would really value that sort of thing. And I think that we're going to start to see some of that. And I'm excited for it. I don't really know what to expect. I don't really know how far it's going to go. To put into some context, stage two, phase two took years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been in stage food for a long time. So how far stage three is going to go? And especially think about how quickly technology is moving. By the time we're a year from now, there may be additional things that you would want in WordPress that pertain to, to phase three that we can't even kind of comprehend. So it's mm -hmm. going to be an exciting one for sure. I'm actually quite looking forward to phase three because I do come out of the content world. And one of the things actually that Matt Mullenweg mentioned in State of the Word was they were adding the Zen mode for post writing. Right. Where it mm. frees you from distractions. For me, in the way I write, that's sort of a head scratcher because I don't write in the back end of WordPress ever. <laughs> I don't right. edit in the back end of WordPress. I mean, I do occasionally, but that's that's pretty rare. Usually I edit in another document because it makes it much easier for people to review. It makes it much easier for people to leave comments. In any case, I mean, it, it seems odd to me that so many people do write in the back end, that something like the Zen mode would be useful. But so I'm very much looking forward to when they start to roll out easier ways to co-author content. That's actually probably the part I'm looking forward to the most. Going back to some of the complaints mm -hmm. about the block editor that have been kind of overcome, that's been a big concern. You know, people who were used to the classic editor, you know, that writing experience versus writing in a block-based system, it's pretty jarring. And I think that a lot of folks, we've heard the sentiment, they don't like it very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if this movement to stage three, in addition to adding that, you know, interactivity with other users or other, you know, editors, but also make the writing experience even better, that's going to be great for so many people. Currently, WordPress powers about 44% of the internet, according to stats from Built With. In your view, how important is the Gutenberg project overall in growing or at least maintaining that share? Well, <laughs> I'm a self-professed like block evangelist, so mm -hmm. I, I believe pretty strongly in the block editor. Now, again, I recognize that WordPress is a very big tent community. I mean, we have people building different things in WordPress all over the place. 
However, I believe very strongly in the end user and empowering the end user to be able to edit their site and express themselves. I think that WordPress will continue to grow because we see how much the broader ecosystem of humanity gravitates towards, towards things like Squarespace and Wix. Now, is that you know always the clientele, like the developer community that we talk to so much? No, but these are users that want to get online. Everybody wants to be online these days and they want to be able to have power over their own content. They want to be able to edit their own site. And if you were to give WordPress to somebody and you gave them the classic editor and a theme versus you know, 2023 and then the block editor, it's such a different experience and such a better experience, in my opinion, for that end user. Again, it's a kind of a controversial statement for many, but I really do think that the Gutenberg project, now that we've gotten to a point where it's a bit more mature, now that we've gotten over some of the speed bumps along the way, I think that we're looking towards a very bright future when it comes to Gutenberg and the block editor. And I think that is going to bring in new users to WordPress. I actually just today read an article on WP Minute by Eric Karkovac uh, entitled Why We Hang On to WordPress Nostalgia. And I won't go too deep into it, but he does, in fact, relate a bit of it to Matt's recent State of the Word address. And one thing really stuck out to me, just to quote from him here, we're now navigating a different type of landscape, one that has matured and attract the attention of big business. This is no longer a small band of rebels coding their way to freedom and coffee. There's too much money on the line for that. Personally, I suspect there's a lot of resistance to that idea. Like Eric isn't necessarily very supportive of that change in the landscape, but it is something he's noticed. And I'm inclined to agree. WordPress today feels very different from WordPress when it first premiered. As he says, there's just too much money on the line for that. Yeah, so I think that the idea of lots of money in WordPress can be seen as a negative thing, but it also can be seen as a great opportunity for developers and people in the WordPress space. You know, at WP Engine, I like to look at the way we look at WordPress as kind of three paths. One, we're focusing a lot on headless, which is a completely different way of using WordPress than I'm traditionally familiar with. Then we have a block-based approach. And then we have another path that is focused on, you know, traditional WordPress, using a page builder, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of different types of businesses, types of industries that fall into those three paths. Now, I think that we saw this, a recent article from Automatic and Jetpack about how they're integrating a new newsletter type system right within WordPress. So that's an entire segment of you know, the community that has nothing to do with headless WordPress and enterprise-grade WordPress. But if someone wanted to just spin up a site, create a newsletter, create their posts, design their posts and blocks, and then automatically send out a newsletter, monetize that newsletter, you know, there's all this stuff that WordPress can do in a visual design-y way that couldn't be done before. There's also tons of stuff it can do from enterprise grade headless you know architecture so it's very different from what it was before i believe but in many ways there's so much more opportunity you just kind of kind of look for it. you know you can be a full-time elementary developer and builder you can be a headless developer you can be a block developer and all of that fits within the 44 percent of the internet uh, and to hopefully grow I, I firmly believe that wordpress is big enough that if people want to do something a certain way, there will be a market for that. <laughs> people should be able to build the way they want. And WordPress is big enough to do that. Uh, and people can make a living off of that sort of thing. Which really is uh, one of the most amazing things about it to me is that we do have so many people working in so many different aspects, making a living on an open source project. 
Um, not everything involved with it is open source, but WordPress itself, of course, certainly is. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up today? How much more can I wax poetically about blocks? <laughs> as much as you like. For me, it seems that there really is an opportunity for poetry here. Blocks have such tremendous potential for practically everybody, especially for newbies. It's almost beautiful. Like if you're looking at it fresh and you don't know anything about classic WordPress. Right. And I think you'd have a, I think people would have a very different impression of it. I 100% agree. You know, and I think that when we think, I guess my message to developers that are interested in kind of a, interested in the site editor, interested in building blocks, I encourage you, even if you you're, you already have your processes in place, you're already building with something that, you know, makes you money and it makes sense for your business. If you have some time to start exploring blocks and the site editor, you know, I'll give a plug for us in developer relations. We're going to, we're focusing a lot on this in Q1 of 2023 around how does an agency builder, how does somebody who's building a site for clients approach the block editor and the site editor? Because that's very different from a user who wants to change their headings and change colors on things. You know, there's there's problems, which we talked about a little bit earlier. There's problems that an agency needs to overcome when it, with whatever they need. And so we're going to be looking deeply into that and try and either help build those solutions so that we can tailor the block inside editor to meet the needs of agencies or just education because some of that stuff exists, but it's not readily available in documentation, in tutorials, all that kind of stuff. Helping level up agencies who have a lot on their plate, who are, you know, got to service their clients. We're going to try and do the hard work for you and provide some real world examples on how to build with this modern block-based approach in a way that can support clients and support, you know, the processes and needs of an agency. Thanks, Nick. And that's a wrap for this episode of Delicious Brainwaves. I'd like to thank our guest, Nick Diego, for giving us his views on blocks and the future of the WordPress site editor. You can find links to everything we've discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Delicious Brainwaves podcast.